listening to the Uncommon Thinking Podcast from Advertising Week. Creators are an essential component of the way our internet works today. Their growing democratization of creativity and attention is redefining how tastemakers are made and how influence is learned. In this session, recorded at Advertising Week New York 2021, you're going to learn the following. How creators are changing the face of advertising, how brands should think about leveraging creators to build brand love, and how the industry can better support and celebrate the diversity of the creator ecosystem. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, how's everybody doing? All right, all right. Um, happy ad week in real life for a while. This has been interesting. Um, beautiful new space. Shout out to the um, Stillwell Partners folks for pulling just a wonderful event together. Um, and so nice to see you. So great to see you too. I'm you look so lovely. Aw, oh, thank you. Very nice. Um, why don't we just jump right into this. Um, speaking of being the first time in real life for so many folks here, um, you joined Peloton um, during the pandemic, I think August of 2020. Is that yeah, right? Yep, that and is right. Good memory. So, good. Um, so tell me, tell me, tell all of us just about how that transition took place um, during the pandemic. Hard to onboard and everything else, and you're setting the world on fire. So, I'd love to hear a little bit about how that actually transitioned. Yeah, I mean, it was. If you had told me in 2019 I would start a job working with people I'd never met in real life, I would have been like, "Wait, what? Really?" <laughs> um, but I think. I was a Peloton member before I ended up joining the team. And one of the things that I loved most about Peloton, I was that person that would like pay a personal trainer but just never show up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Have those gym memberships but never go. I, 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 I aspired to be somebody who worked out a lot. <laughs> um, but the reality was it was really hard for me. I was very busy. There was always an excuse. And then I found Peloton. And for me, it was amazing because here was this thing that was motivating me to stay active, to stay centered and stay connected. Like no matter what, I could always get that 15 minute ride and I could do that, you know, get that meditation and get that yoga and work on my strength. And so when I had the opportunity to join Peloton, I, I was thrilled mm -hmm. because I was like, here's a chance for me to take something I'm super passionate about, something I've actually seen positively impact my life, and not just my life, but the life of millions of people around the world, and we can turbocharge this, right? We can kind of take this to the next level, we can elevate it, we can really, because Peloton, when Peloton first came on the scene, it was all about explaining this category. What is connected fitness? I get on a bike, like I'm high-fiving people, and there's an instructor right. who's helping me, like what is this thing? Mm -hmm. And I think that, so a lot of the marketing was focused around telling the story of the connected fitness experience. What is this category? What is this product? And now a nice evolution of the brand is starting to talk more about the fullness and the richness of the experience. So it was really exciting to me to jump into a new role where the company was headed in that direction um, and help make an impact there. And your commute was really you know, short, right? You guys were right across the street? <laughs> 
Can we all get like, you know, a lesson or whatever, go to the studio? Is there a possibility to be able to get this crew out there? I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're actually making me feel bad about actually not riding the bike as much. So well, I'm going to be looking for you on the don't, leaderboard. Don't do that, don't I'm going to be looking for don't you on that. the leaderboard. Do what are those streaks looking like? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they're not very, very good. I got to tighten up um, in general. But I mean, a lot of what you're saying, though, is just really the power of building community. And one of the things that's interesting about our brand is that community is about everything that we do. Um, it really is the power of the brand itself. And so it feels like, to your point about being able to actually feel, like, even in a virtual environment, to feel like you've got a community together. Like, how do you think about unleashing the power of community to be able to actually continue to build a brand and give really utility to individuals that you're actually servicing on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think three things I'll say. I think the first thing is we are very intentional about cultivating community at Peloton. There's a lot of intention, a lot of thoughtfulness that goes into that. But we focus on celebrating what's real. Mm. So one of our brand principles is actually celebrate what's real. So we're not about faking it or trying to create or uh, something that's not, not organic, but we look to see where, where are the pockets of authenticity, where magic is happening, and mm. then we can help to elevate that. So, and one of the fun things is our actual first member group was started by a Peloton member, oh, right? It was wow. a member that okay. said, hey, I want to start this. And then our community team, community team over time has supported and helped nurture and grow that community. But a member started that. Even Homecoming, our oh, annual wow. event that we have, which was started by members, right? Members decided to, hey, we're going to take the studio by storm. We're right. just going to show up in New York City and come to this studio. And then we were like, okay, our members want this. How do we grow this? And I think that's the key thing about community. It's not about you coming up, sitting there and be like, ooh, this is a thing people are going to like that nobody actually shows up for because like you just dreamed that. And yes, it was a great creative idea, but didn't actually execute the way you had thought. It's about finding what people want, what people enjoy, what people are already doing and figuring out how do we make that better? How do we make that deeper? How do we make that richer? So that's been our focus um, with community at Peloton. So how do you think about just being able to communicate that message? You know, you've had a lot of wonderful brand campaigns to be able to actually bring that to life. I know that you recently focused on a, the launch of a, a, a clothing and apparel line, which actually has been wonderful. I know, uh, shout out to John and Jill Foley for being able to actually yes. put that together. Um, had to make sure I gave them a shout out. You yep. know. Shout had out, to. shout out. Right, had to. So tell us a little bit about that and then the, the recent campaign that you just launched. Yeah, so I'll start with maybe talking about the campaign around community. Okay. So we launched our Reasons campaign last year. And the Reasons campaign was the first time, we have always been telling our member stories. That's always been a part of what we do at Peloton. But this was the first time we did it on the big stage. You know what I'm saying? TVC, out of home, all the, all the goodies, an integrated 360 degree campaign. And what was beautiful about that campaign was you saw real members in their real homes telling their real stories. Mm. One of my favorite members from that campaign leaderboard name, I Need Cake. I, I deeply resonate with that because yeah. I need cake. Me too. I, I <laughs> exactly, get that. Right? Get it's that. a good one. That. It's a good one. Yeah. Who doesn't need cake? And, and she was telling the story of how, you know, she's a mother of young children, big family, and you saw her bike in her laundry room, and you saw her, like, close the door as her kids are, like, playing football outside and just trying to get herself 20 minutes of me time to exercise, to recharge, to fill herself. And so many moms deeply resonated with that because right. like, I definitely know that's my experience. I'm like, hey, can you play with some Legos over there when I hop on <laughs> the bike and get, get my ride in? 
And, I, and you saw, and that was one story, but there was a story of a nurse, there was a story of a grandpa, there was a story of, of, of our members around the world. So there were so many different people that everyone could kind of connect with and say, wow, Peloton really is for someone like me, right? Mm -hmm. If this person yeah. can find the time to work out, if this person can focus on investing in their physical health and their mental well-being, hey, maybe I can do it too. And so that campaign was hugely successful. It did win an Effie, so I'm really proud of our Congratulations. team. Congratulations. <laughs> But more importantly, it was it had a great consumer, you know, great CAC, which we look at, right, our consumer acquisition, because it was a very successful campaign. And I think the reason that was is because it really spoke to at the core of what people want to see. People want to see what are people like me doing? How are people like me connecting with your product? Will this product work for people like me? And I think that was one of the things that was amazing about the campaign. And to talk about our apparel line, which I'm really excited about. Right. Um, Actually, any, on, this is like one of the only days I'm not in Peloton on apparel. On any given I mean, day, you're you can clearly not. I mean, although, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> on any, this is like the speaking thing with Alvin. I was like, Come I on. don't know. What do you wear? It was very confusing. Um, <laughs> but, but on any given day, you can catch me rocking Peloton apparel because it is absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm really proud of this because one, and Jill Foley, who's our head of apparel, right. um, and her amazing team that brought this to life, we have been making apparel for our instructors and our members. And we've been taking all that data and putting that data into what works for people? What works for people when they're working out? What are the kinds of um, technical apparel that people like to wear out in their day? What is the future of athleisure? And I think the Peloton apparel has done such an amazing job of bringing all those things together. It's sort of tested tested by you. That's one of what we say, tested by our members, tested by our instructors, and perfected. And so I think what you have with Peloton apparel is just like, you know, world-class quality athletic clothing, athleisure clothing that I think is, is going to shake the world. So watch this space. I like that. So athleisure, are you going to start making, you know, dresses and gowns and things of that nature as well? Or no? Not yet. It's not, not yet. yet on the okay. roadmap. Okay. Alvin. All right. It's not right. on the roadmap. Yet. Right. I understand. you got to be able to have a consumer acquisition cost around that exactly, as well. Exactly. Um, and so you started thinking through that, though. What's interesting about the campaign that you mentioned is focusing on real people. Um, but also, you know, one of the things that's wonderful about the Peloton brand is that you're your athletes are such big brands. And what's, you know, you combine the real people and the athletes that actually represent the brand, I tend to think about this as at the creator economy. This notion of being able to actually focus on real people that are approachable, um, whether they're athletes or, or, or not, at-home athletes, um, like, you know, myself, that uh, I wouldn't consider myself an athlete. Um, but, you know, how do you think through what that looks like in terms of having individuals embody the brand beyond just the spots? I think that's a great question. And we have Jess Kleiman, our head of comms in the room here. So I'm gonna give a little shout out. Shout Hi, out Jess. Jess. Um, but Go I give so Jess. much credit to our team. Because one of the things I'll never forget this moment was when I had, I had started my job and I got to meet John for the first time. You know, remember when there was that little window? I don't know if you remember in the fall when there was that little window, we thought like, ooh, COVID, this, things are gonna be great. I took that opportunity to meet John in person for the first time. And I remember one of the first things he said to me, he said, Dara, I want our, I want our instructors to be the biggest stars in the world. I hope you're on board with that because that's what and I'm like, <laughs> yep, I'm on board with that. I'm excited about that. And I love that because that's actually the spirit of the mm. company. We, but we want our instructors to 
be the biggest stars. When they rise, we rise. Together we go far, together we rise. And I think that's the spirit that we bring to that relationship, which I think is actually what makes it flourish. Because our instructors are themselves. If you have taken a Cody Rigsby ride, you know Cody Rigsby's talking about all the things, whether he's telling you about how to enjoy the lunch or whatever it is he's talking right. about. But he's got his own personality, which he brings and he shines with. If you take an Alex Toussaint class, he's got his personality. It's a very different class. Or Dennis Morton. Or Ben Aldis, my husband's favorite. They're all right. very different, right? Each, I like class, them too. Yeah. <laughs> each class is so different and so unique. And I think that allowing our instructors to stand in their power, to shine, to be their authentic selves, I think is one of the things that's incredible. And so, and that, by the way, carries outside of the class, right? right? In terms of how they build their personal brands and how they work on it. It's very much rooted in who they are and what they're trying to do. And I think that that actually adds to Peloton because here we have this amazing master brand, but we've got all of these brand ambassadors really that help again, people see while well, Peloton is for someone like me because right. I don't know anytime I meet a Peloton member, they always want to, there's two things they want to tell me. One, they have a product feature or request, which is amazing. I'm like, add it to the list. Specifically thinking of one Peloton member, my husband. Uh, <laughs> and then the second thing they want to talk about is their favorite instructor. They're like, who's your, I'm like, come on now. I love all of them equally, but they all want to know who's your, my favorite instructor. And they all want to tell me. So who me, is your favorite? I love all of them equally. Okay, that's okay, <laughs> just, just for the record. Okay, so the record. But they also all you know, want to talk about their, they connect with their instructors. I think if you put people in a box, if you don't allow people to be their real selves, people can't connect with them authentically. So right. I think part of the key thing too is making sure that our, I love you call them our athletes, our athletes, our instructors, making sure that they're allowed to be themselves. We give them the space to build their personal brands and we nurture their brands just like we nurture the master brand. What's interesting about this too is that, you know, each individual can see themselves embodied in the instructor that they like. Right, and so how do you think about the athletes that you bring on? Because then there was a core group initially when you started, and as you've begun to expand, there's individuals from different cultures and languages and shapes and sizes, and you know it really speaks to the authenticity of this creator economy. How, how do you think through what that looks like? Yeah, you know, I and I have to give all the credit to our chief content officer, Jen Cotter, because there's a lot of intentionality in that, right? We want our instructors to represent the communities that we serve. And so I think that's one of the things that you see with our instructors, the diversity, whether it's, you know, we've recently added Spanish-speaking instructors, right? So our, the communities that we serve, we have Spanish classes. We've, we, we also have instructors, um, German-speaking instructors. Right. We have instructors across a variety of disciplines, right? We we have bar, we have yoga, we have meditation, we have strength classes, and of course, we got our tread boot camp classes and our running classes. So we've also added a wide array of, 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 of tread instructors. Are you trying to make me feel bad about the stuff I'm not doing? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to say all the amazing things. There's okay. a lot of variety, a uh, lot of options. <laughs> but I think that that intentionality um, goes a long way, and I think it really ends up making sure that whoever you are, wherever you are on your journey, when you come to Peloton, you're gonna find an instructor for you. And if you haven't found one yet, just keep on digging because I'm sure there's one for you. What's interesting about that though, because you think about, you know, we, we all live in this moment of where DNI, DEI, excuse me, um, is an important aspect of this and it's certainly embodied in the athletes and, and, and the commercial enterprises that you're engaged in. How do you think about that as a senior level executive, uh, a woman of color? Um, you know, congratulations for your recent award. There's so many to actually, you know, mention. But um, 
it's just wonderful to be able to actually see a woman of color in the C-suite at such a large company. Like, how do you think about that? How do you bring that to work every single day? Well, thank you, thank you very much. I, I, I mean, I feel the weight of that. You know, I remember growing up, and I remember Ursula Burns. Ursula oh, yeah. Burns, yeah. I remember, I knew her name. I was in Nigeria, by the way, but I knew her name. And I was so impressed because I was like, wow, there is a woman, a black woman who is the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And by the way, now there are three. So that was when I was younger in Nigeria, and that's now, and there's still three. So we have a long way to go. We are not where we need to right. be. And so when I think about my position, I feel so grateful to be at Peloton, a company that's, I'm not saying Peloton's perfect, but it's truly committed to being anti-racist. It's committed to doing the work. It's committed to, to being a, a place where everyone feels welcome, where everyone feels like they can do their best work. And in my role, I think about how do I make sure that I am opening the doors for others mm. and making sure that when I, there'll be many more people, many more women of color, many more black women, um, many more people who identify as other, right, right in the C-suite, because that's really what we need to see in the world. And I think about it in, across four key dimensions. One is recruitment, mm. right? You got to bring in the right people. But guess what? That's just the beginning of the journey. <laughs> the second piece is about retention. Right. You know, I remember, I, I remember hearing this and it really stuck with me. If any of you know anybody who's done an organ transplant, when you have an organ transplant, you actually have to take a lot of medication for your body to accept the foreign organ. And that's kind of the reality too sometimes. People say they want change, they say they want this. Guess what, when you, when you bring in a change agent, there's gonna be change. Right. And sometimes that can be a little bit uncomfortable. So are you actually going to put the infrastructure, the things in place to support and retain diverse talent? It's not just about bringing them in. Can you actually keep them? That's key. Promotion. Is diverse talent being promoted? Right. right? You know, I think that's so key and that's so important. And the last piece is protection. So, which I think is, is again, really important. I remember the very first time I was going on maternity leave, I was so scared because I was like, what's gonna happen? Like, I'm very ambitious, like, what's, and I remember actually being asked a question by somebody, not my boss, thankfully, because he was amazing, but by somebody in the company and asking me, oh, if I was going to come back, which to me was like, are they questioning my loyalty? Are they questioning my passion? It freaked me out, and I was wondering, if I'm a senior person and I'm feeling this way, what are other people feeling? And it reminded me that protection is actually really key, and we have to go beyond just the letter of the law to the spirit of the law? How are we creating a culture where people truly feel protected regardless of who they are? So I think about those four dimensions in my daily life, in my job, in my work, but I also think about it in the industry and really trying to make sure I'm vocal about what is needed, right, in order to make sure that we actually have the change that is required so that hopefully when our kids are sitting here on stage, there's more than three. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. Um, I know that Matt, Schechner, Lance, and the others from the Stillwell Partners folks have really focused on infusing DNI into this body called Advertising Week. It's really important to see individuals on stage and in panels and just activation around the, around the, you know, the industry. We have a similar philosophy at Facebook where we think about find, grow, keep. You know, finding individual talent at every level, you know, growing those individuals to your point about promotion and things of that nature and then keeping them, keeping them engaged in ways that 
whether or not they're actually in the job that they're going to be in the future, but being able to promote and infuse all of this intellect and action um, inside of these individuals. And so it's, it's interesting, to, it's wonderful to share that philosophy. Um, just to bring it back to, to advice for many of the marketers that are, that are here in the audience, as you start to think through Peloton, it's, it was an upstart brand, it's, it's really catalyzed you know, the, the category, and certainly the, this is one of the bright spots inside of the pandemic. How do you actually give advice to brands that are trying to actually break through whatever discipline they may be a part of to really actually make sure that they're showing their, their true authentic selves? What would you say as a CMO? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think the first thing is consumer insights and data. I feel like we gather a lot of data. We sit on our data swamps, but we're not actually analyzing that data to find a core insight, or like, as I like to think about it, a member truth. What is the core truth that your members are looking for at a given point in time? And by the way, that truth evolves and it changes depending on what's going on in culture, what's going on in the societal context. And I think really nailing and having a deep understanding of that will allow you to come up with a marketing strategy, a creative strategy that hits that nail on the head. You know, I think many times we find ourselves writing briefs and you know, my whole thing is the longer your brief, probably the more analytics and insights you need to do to understand what is the core truth. Because right. if you're trying to say everything, you're probably saying nothing. So I think really doing that upfront work to get at what is the heart of what we need to say, what do people really need to hear from us, what are people looking for, I think that's really key. The second thing that I think is important is you have to understand cultural context. Yeah. I like to say 2020 gave us 2020 vision, right? Whether it's because we were all still, we were all at home, we were all trying to figure out how to like, you know, do be parents and teach our kids and like figure life out. It, it, it made us introspective and made us reflective. Let's not forget about that. Even as we emerge from the pandemic, I think that's actually a really good thing. Introspection is key, reflection is key. Thinking about what role your brand is playing um, in the bigger picture, how as a brand you are, what do you stand for? What are your values, yes. right? I think those things are key. And I'm not saying you need to talk about every single issue, right? There is, you know, you shouldn't be talking about stuff if you're not gonna back it with action. That's a line in the sand that we've drawn at Peloton. But as a brand, you need to be more than just selling a product. So what does your brand really stand for? Really making sure that you understand that. And then I think the third thing that is really key is don't afraid to try new things. Mm. <laughs> you know, it sounds so simple, but sometimes we're like, okay, well, this is what we did, and this is what we do, and this is exactly how we do it. And I think we have to build that curiosity. I, t I tell my team, I say, hey, I want us to be a learning, I want us to have a learning culture. Mm. I want us to be learn-it-alls, not know-it-alls. Like, let's try something. Like, okay, like, let's try something different. Let's try something unexpected. What is the unexpected, right? On our top 10 priorities for the year, one of them is the unexpected. Right? And it's like, I want to create that space where people can be creative, where people can submit new fresh ideas. And I think that's actually where some of the magic right. happens. It's really interesting to say that. It feels like a lot of this is making sure that we're making data-backed decisions. The idea, the idea of, of having, all, we've got these wonderful creative minds here. A lot of the advice that I give to individuals is to make sure that, make sure that your intention or your intentionality actually has a target. And the only way to actually make sure that that is true is to make sure that it's a data-backed decision. 
What exactly are you trying to achieve? What's the time horizon in which you're trying to achieve it? And what are the results that you're going to evaluate associated with that vision? That's the building blocks of this thing. And the other couple of things is just making sure that, and you mentioned this as well, your written and oral communication is just succinct. We talk about this wonderful industry and having so much data available and what have you, and running algorithms and data scientists, which are a part of this ecosystem. But if you can't actually write and articulate exactly what you're trying to do, and then actually be able to explain said vision, it doesn't really matter. It's hard to be able to attract individuals to whatever your vision might be if you can't articulate that. And so as you speak through that, I mean, certainly you work for a visionary company. Um, any nuggets to share? Any special things? As you mentioned, the unexpected. Um, any, anything that you love to share? Well, since we are here. We are here. We are and you're, here. And you're in and a lovely is, dress. It is, it is advertising week. So some of you might know that Peloton and Beyonce, one of our superstar members, we, we did a little thing. We announced it last year. Um, well, that little thing is coming back. So we're super excited. It actually announced today. We've got a whole series of classes, new stuff with Beyonce. So if you're a Peloton member, hop on your bike or on your tread. If you're not yet a Peloton member, I'm saying yet because you're about to be, go download the Peloton app. Um, it's free, free, and experience the Beyonce classes. I think it's, it's really amazing. They start tomorrow, 1019, so. That's wonderful, yeah. congratulations. So you can like hook up a thing with Beyonce, is that what you're saying? You can hook up a thing with Beyonce? Is that what you just offered? I didn't know if everybody heard that. I mean, that's what I thought you said, no? Let's talk. Let's, okay, let's okay, keep we'll talking. Talk about it. Let's we'll see talk. How, how many streaks you hit with Peloton. Uh, okay, okay. What's that dedication? See, there it you is. Know? Okay, I get. It. I like the challenge. I do appreciate it. Um, any parting shots? Because we're at time. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation. Any parting shots for you know the, the listening audience, um, virtual or in person? I mean, I just want to thank you all. I think our industry is actually such an important industry. Sometimes we forget about the power that we have as brands. As brands, we have such power to change the way people think, to change the way people see the world. Just like the way you know, movies and entertainment can change and evolve society, we actually have a lot of that power as, as brands, because we also have really big advertising budgets. You know what I'm saying? This is advertising week after all. We, we appreciate the support. <laughs> so exactly, and, and, and he knows all about that yeah, we too. We appreciate the support. Um, so I just want to encourage you all and, and just think about, just remember that you have power, and as you think about your strategies, as you're coming to your end, as you begin a new year, a new calendar year, a new fiscal year, I want you to think about how you're gonna use your brands to do some good in the world. Because I firmly believe that it's not an either or, it's about both. Like we do well and we do good. That's when I think we make the world a better place. So go forward and do well and do good. Thank you so much, appreciate it. Thank you for listening. For more content like this, or to learn more about Advertising Week's world-leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com or follow us on your favorite social media platform.